Welcome to Persisters, an all-female live show and podcast. Each episode showcases one artist. You'll hear their performance from our live show, followed by an interview with us, Beth Rowe and Alex Kern. Please listen and please subscribe. Things he wouldn't help, nobody Uh Well, unlike Julie, I am very lonely. <laughs> I um, I'm, I'm on a dating app. Um, sorry. And I, I saw my ex on there, like my most recent ex. <laughs> Has that happened to you? Really? What did you do? It's not a bad thing. I'm like, oh, I have a brief moment where I recognize what happened. And then I'm like, you know what? This has happened. I saw my ex on a dating app. And let's move on. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's a very evolved way. Evolved way of, of dealing with it. Uh, I cried. Um... <laughs> And I'm on like two antidepressants, so it, that really like takes a lot for me, you know? I was like, maybe if someone dies, no, just seeing my ex on a dating app. And I was just like, how dare you, you know? Be out here in these streets peddling your wares, you know? It was very upsetting. Uh, <laughs> As you can see, um, so yeah, so I'm on, I'm on the dating app. It's, it's supposed to be like really exclusive, but like I saw this guy on there who I know is like a rapist who has a roommate. So I'm like, uh, is this exclusive? I don't think so. It uh, doesn't seem like it's too hard to get on there, Josh. Um, I was on Tinder. Is this? I feel a little. Is this? What, what am I? What's happening with this microphone? Should I be? If you touch it, it'll. Okay. I'll go over here. Um, I uh, I was on Tinder and I met this I, I met this man, um, this small Jewish man. He was d desperate to meet up with me, um, and so so I meet up with him and like yeah and like he like he mentions like three to four times like he mentions like his his Asian ex girlfriend. Um, if it's not totally evident, I'm my like my dad's Indonesian, my mom's white, I'm beautiful. <laughs> That's what 23andMe told me. Um, so yeah, like three, four times he like mentions his Asian ex-girlfriend, and, and and he's kind of like he's like he's like well like like what like what are you looking for? And I was like, bro, I, like I I know what you're looking for. You're looking for an Asian, and he's like, but I, I don't I don't consider you Asian. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, what do you, uh, what do you consider me? And he was like, oh, uh. and I'm like, do you just, you consider me white? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I consider you white. And I was like, oh, did you know that that's insulting? Um, <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, aren't Filipinos and Indonesians not actually Asian? Aren't they Pacific Islanders? And I was like, oh, you know, you shouldn't talk about things you don't know about. Um, and he's like, well, actually, my Filipino ex-girlfriend of 3.5 years told me that. And I said, oh, I said, well, um, let me tell you something. Uh, I was like, not only are Filipinos Asians, they're actually at the bottom of the Asian racial hierarchy. 
And he's like, I never, you know? He's like, would you say that in front of a Filipino person? And I was like, yeah, I would. And they would agree with me. And he's like, he's mortally offended. He is the spokesperson for Filipinos, this small Jewish man from Reconcoma, you know? And I was like, oh, I said, do you think that because you fucked a few Asian girls that you understand the Asian experience? And he was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then he shook my hand. <laughs> and then he left. And then I deleted Tinder off of my phone. So that was my last Tinder date. My dad is sick. Uh, he's got lung cancer, um, which is like upsetting because I feel like if he's gonna die, it should be by my hand. Um, so my family lives in Indonesia, so my dad came to, to LA to go to like Cedar Sinai to get you know his cancer cut out. Um, and he was, I don't know if you've ever waited for anyone who's getting surgery there, but the, you know, if, if you're a decent person, you, you wait for someone while they're being like operated on. And, and like behind me in the waiting room, like someone's causing like this huge like ruckus, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't, I'm gonna leave my personal belongings and what, what do you mean I, 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 I like turn around and it's Larry David. Uh. Um, and he has like his like Louis Vuitton bag and I, I, I have a huge crush on Larry David, you know what I mean? I'm, it's just like, I'm just like beside myself, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna be back there. He's gonna be anesthetized at the same time as my father, you know, I'm so close to him. Um, so like he goes back there, all, all I can think about the whole time my dad is like so close to death, all I can think about is like Larry David, you know? <laughs> anyway, so my dad comes out of surgery and the nurse is like, oh, like, you know, your father like wants to speak to you, like, you know, he, he lived. Uh, <laughs> so like, I, you know, like I, I go back there and I'm like, and I'm his only daughter and I was like, oh my God, like he survived this surgery, he's 82, you know, like, he's gonna tell me how much he loves me, you know? And he's like, come here, you know? And I like lean down there and he's like, these people don't know that I'm a king. <laughs> so that was what he wanted to tell me. Um, yeah. I came out of surgery, okay, so he, like, he, gets, he gets stuck in his room, put in his room, there's a word for it. They give him a room at the hotel, the hospital. Um, and so I do a lap on the floor because I know Larry's there, you know? And I, and I don't, I can't find him. And then like, like, two, like two days pass and like, you know, my dad is like, uh, he, he, like, he, like he's hooked up to like, like, like he's got like all these tubes and stuff in him and he, he still like has like the, the, the enthusiasm um, to, to just be like, you're such a piece of shit. Um, like you're the worst daughter in the world. Like I hate you so much, you know? And like, you know, and um, there's all these pillows all over the room. And like, all I can think about, like while he's giving me this soliloquy is I was like, oh, I'm like, all I have to do is take one of these seven pillows, mm -hmm. like put it over your face for two to three minutes. And I never have to listen to you ever again. <laughs> yes, yes. But my friend told me that they would know that like his cause of death wasn't the cancer, it was me, so. I didn't do it. Um, and so anyway, so then like this social worker comes in to like talk to me like about my dad. And as the social worker comes in, like Larry David's being wheeled by the, out, 
like at, by the door, you know? And I was like, oh my God, like Larry's been here this whole time and I've been in here with this guy. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, I could just make a run for like the elevator, you know, just, just present myself to him, you know? Like the social workers like in my way, I thought about like just throwing her out of the way and then I didn't, I was like, I was like okay, yeah, 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 whatever, you know? Rehab, I get it. Um, and like I run to the elevator and Larry was gone. Um, so then they discharged my dad and he was staying in a hotel. Um, and uh, he like, like, like I'd gotten him an aid and he refused the aid. He like berated the aid and the aid left. So then I had to give him a bath. Um, and I don't, um, if like, if you wanted to just drive someone over the edge of sanity, all you have to do, all you have to do is just make them look at their father's penis every day. Um, and so then I had to give my dad a bath. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've ever washed the 82-year-old asshole of a man you've spent your whole life uh, hating, but I completely lost my will to live. Um, like, every time I get in my car, I just like, want to drive it like, into the Pacific Ocean, but like, live in Silver Lake. So it's not convenient. Um, and uh, okay, so so the, and my and my brother was like in Indonesia, and and I like would like Facetime him like six times a day, like give it to come help me. So anyway, so then he came, and uh, and then when my dad like discovered that my brother had like been the troops had been sent in, you know, um, like I came into his hotel room and he's like, Melanie, Melanie, you trick me, you send Greg. And I was like, first of all, I was like, learn how to pronounce my fucking name. It's French. <laughs> uh, and so then my, me and my brother both gave like my dad a bath. And I thought that like the most inappropriate thing that we would ever do is like this kissing game my brother made me play with him when I was five and he was 12. Oh but wow. turns out I was wrong. <laughs> Um, so then we, you know, as a family, uh, we took a beautiful journey back to Cedar Sinai for my dad to like get his, uh, his follow-up, but they only allowed like three people to go back. So of course, like I had to go back and my brother is in the waiting room. He's texting me and he's like, Larry David just came in. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, you know? And like, I, like I'm like, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm just like, keep him there. Um, <laughs> and then, and my brother's like, should I ask him for a picture? And I was like, no, you're in a hospital, it's wildly inappropriate. So then my brother starts taking these like waste photos of like poor Larry David, like in the doctor's waiting room. He's like sending them to me. I was like, oh my God, stop, you know? And then um, like finally, you know, it's like the doctor comes in. It's like, I can't even listen to anything he's like telling me, you know, I was just like, oh, whatever. You know, I'm like, I gotta get out back to the waiting room. And I get back out there and like Larry David's gone. And I'm like, Greg, like, but where's Larry, you know? And he's like, well, he left. And I'm like, well, did you talk to him? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, did you at least show him my picture? <laughs> he said no. So that's it. I'm Melanie. Thank you. Good night. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Persisters. I'm Beth Rowe. And I'm Alex Kern. And it's a cloudy day in L.A. Oh, I love cloudy days here. It's a little bit sunnier because we're talking to a sunshine of a human. Oh, listen to that. She's wearing white pants. She's wearing white pants and a denim top. In January. Her name is Melanie Maras. 
Welcome. Did I get oh it right? Oh my God, that was that was beautiful. I got I just got lost in your pronunciation. <laughs> but oh my, same. Amazing. I was like, Alex, when did you become Anthony? What's his name? Did you say? Were you about to say Anthony Bourdain? I was, but I but I meant <laughs> to say. Um, who was married to Melanie Griffith? Oh, Antonio Mendez. That's oh, who there I wanted we go. to say. There we go. I can't there do the rolling go. of the R's. It's yeah, really I hard. I think you just did it. Like, Benderas. Benderas. I can't. But you speak I, Spanish, Alex? No. no. You speak Spanish? Not a lick. No. Melanie? No. 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 I understand some of it because I've worked in restaurants for so long. But I respond sometimes in French because it's the only <laughs> language I know oh. outside of English. And I don't even know it that well anymore. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> it's like I have that thing where it, if you ever go to a foreign country and they speak another language that I just default to French because it's the other language I know after English. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, everyone speaks French here. They're like, no, we're in Portugal. So <laughs> You develop that Lindsay Lohan accent. Do you guys oh. remember that? Oh, oh no, I I know it well. I don't, I don't know what happened to her videos. She's her stories were so good. She tried to save like um, a refugee child, like by kidnapping him off the street from her parents. And the mom like socked her in the face. I think. Yeah, she kept trying. Like, and but she and was like, "Come to like, my hotel." I have an iPad. Me. All the movies you could want to watch. It's this thing called Netflix. No, she didn't say that. But no. yeah, it's yeah, terrible. She was, re- she was speaking a really strange. Accent. I don't know what the origin of it was. My name was. is Lindsay. I am gonna help you. Yeah. It was have very you weird. watched that her show, her new the show? Parent Trap. <laughs> no, but I do love that oh movie. Oh my god! Can have I? You see, have you ever tried Friday? to parent trap someone? No. No. Okay, I totally tried to parent trap a friend of mine. Guess what? Didn't work. Thanks for nothing, Lindsay. You tried. Wait, I tried. Wait, what does it mean to like, parent okay, trap someone? Okay, so you know, someone? like you know, in the parent trap, they try to get the parents back together. You know. Yes. So, yes, yes, of course. Because they want to be together because oh. they're twins. So I had these friends who broke up recently. And so I totally tried to parent trap them and like get ba- them back together. Fail. Failure. That's right. Crazy. But, you know, it, it's a good on you for trying because a lot of couples that break up get back together. Do they? I've never. Well, I, I shagged someone once I'd broken up with, but we didn't. And yeah. I was like, can we get back together? And then he was like, no. no. <laughs> I love that you just said shag. That was Shacked so up. sad. That is so great. <laughs> Good for you. You know what? I tried. You did. But um, she does have that show, like Lindsay Lohan's Hotel or something. What? Me- and Mykonos. She, she yeah. has a club. She, no, stop. Yes, she runs stop. a hotel. A no, she show. doesn't. And there's what? a new reality show Is about this a it. Is Bravo show? No, it's on, I e, think. maybe? I think it's, ooh, it might be Bravo. I mean. It could be a VH1 We should have show. a viewing party. Oh, no, I think it's MTV. Let's let's have a viewing party oh God, and we'll do that. live commentary because the yes! people, the people want to know. Yes. Yeah. The people want to know what we think about Lindsay Lohan. I would love hotel. that. Yeah. That would be really fun. Stay there. Study abroad. Oh, done. That would be such a good research trip. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll go for my bachelorette party. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God. What, when three is your bachelorette party? Whenever we're going on come? this trip. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? When's your wedding? <laughs> October. Where are you getting married? Cape Cod. Oh my we god! Have time. You are such a wasp. I love it. You both are. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really. Yeah. Did you both grow up playing lacrosse? Uh-huh. I did. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, field I hockey only, I only was my. I only played once. Field hockey was my sport of choice. Okay. Thank you. Field hockey, lacrosse, all that shit's yeah. the same. Yeah. While wasps are fun, I'm really interested in what it was like growing up in Indonesia. Yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, I'm very fascinating. Okay, you were born in Jakarta. I was actually born in Singapore. Oh, excuse me. I was me. born oh. in Clinical Hospital. 
um, my one of my elder brothers was like delivered by the same doctor. Yeah. And so like we have the same, like I guess he has the signature tie on the belly button. Like we both have the same belly button. It's like not an any, not an Audi. It's like an actual like button that like you could be like ding dong, you know? Is it too much to ask to see it? Do you want to look at it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, but I'm not like... She's standing up. I'm not like... Oh, shut up. I want <laughs> Just be quiet. I kind of, I got a little padding, you know, that I'm trying to lose at the moment. You can't tell. I just Girl, I have so um, much padding. But anyway, so it's like oh, so it's oh like cute. An actual she has button. no padding, by yeah. the way. Like a button. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, it's like a little button inside button. of her belly button. But I mean, Aww. usually this is, it's like, you know, there's more definition. Don't stop looking at me. Look away. Don't look Guys, at she's like a model. Yeah. She's a model. Oh, so you were, you were, you were born in Singapore I was with a special button. It was special button. Same button one of my brothers has. Um, the other brother, we don't talk about him. He's the bad one. Uh, but so, but then the, I guess the doctor who delivered us then was like got caught up in a sex scandal. So no one else is getting these buttons is what I'm saying. What? Wow. Were you the last button receiver? I don't know how many buttons were made. Wow. You know? Wow. You should have a reunion with everybody <laughs> with that button. Find them. <laughs> I should, yeah. Is Jakarta, this is kind of a dumb question, is it close to Singapore? It is, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's like an hour, 20 minutes flight. It's super quick. Oh, like, wow. I, well, yeah, Once I mean, you're over there, you can get to so many different countries. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, that one is especially, like, that's a place people go back and forth a lot. Like, my orthodontist growing up was in Singapore, so, like, every six weeks I would go there to get my braces tightened. I mean, I'm a Whoa. wildly spoiled brat. But, like, a lot of people did it. <laughs> Her teeth are gorgeous. The only yeah. one. Yeah, uh, I could no. tell when you walked in that you your dentist was your orthodontist, orthodontist. Was, was in, in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it shows. Yeah, I stopped wearing my retainer though, and now I kind of like want to oh, get Invisalign. I know. I think I everyone's had, going I through this phase. Right? Yeah. Do you have them well, now? My orthodontist is, was from uh, Faribault, Minnesota. It's yeah. like Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Okay, mine was Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Beachwood, to be specific. Oh my he God, have you ever seen someone who orange. has braces on the back of their teeth? No. no. You I, mean the not the bar, but actual no, but braces? No, like, like whole full metal braces, but on the back of the teeth. Like I went out with this guy once. He was an actor and he's like, I, I'm almost going to get my braces off. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and Did you were, tell him that they put them on wrong? <laughs> Like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Um, But yeah, no, he, I never saw him again. I don't think it was because of the braces. I think it was more like my personality. Um, Sure. That was not that. No, I'm not agreeing that it would be your personality, but I think it was the braces. We could agree. Sure. It wasn't the braces. Is Singapore very much like crazy rich Asians? Is that? Uh, Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Yeah. So you must have, how many passports do you have? One. <laughs> no, I really do only have one. I have a, a U.S. passport so from you're, my mom. My okay. mom's American. She's so from you Oklahoma. became an American citizen, like from birth. Yeah, you were always an American citizen. Yeah. So if one of your parents huh. is an American citizen, doesn't matter where you're born in the world, like you can get citizenship. Got That's it. That's how I am with Canada. Oh, well, who's an who's a Canadian? My dad's Canadian. Oh, so okay. I have, but I have both. Yeah, as well. You should get more. See what else you I'm can get. Try get a French yeah. one. You speak French. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to get another one. Yeah, what it? What I'm, it, I'm just what's your American. Boyfriend? Okay, he's Canadian. He, he's too. also Canadian. He, he can do the same thing as you. Can he's totally as, he's get the same it as me. From him. I yeah. want something even more exotic than Canada. Okay, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're already a step above me. You have yeah. two passports. You've got two passports. Yeah. Who's got, international now? Invisalign's in Faribault, Minnesota. I am above <clears throat> no one. Did you grow up? You grew up there. I grew up in Indonesia. My mom just like flew to Singapore to have me. 
you know, because uh, she didn't want to g- give birth in Indonesia. It's like the hospitals weren't great. Um, and yeah, so I gave birth. My dad came birth. by later. He was like, is it done? The baby's here. Cool. <laughs> like, let's hit the road. Let's go. Um, so then we went to Indonesia where I grew up okay. for always, you know, like until like I went like all through high school there, whatever. But I went to international you go to inter- school. You went to international school. Yeah, that's why I, guess I that. always sounded like this. I mean, maybe when I was a little kid, I didn't. Um, but I, I but don't Your have, mom is American. So you probably. My mom is so American. Uh, <laughs> too American, really. She played lacrosse. And, oh, my God. No, she's like white trash. <laughs> They don't have lacrosse in Oklahoma. She played softball. What are you Sorry. talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she like played with like like her dad was like the town drunk. You know, I think they had like a toilet in like the yard. You know what I mean? Like my mom yeah. wasn't playing lacrosse. <laughs> How did she meet your sultan father? Yeah. Wait. Oh my God, so yeah, that's how does did that I, make did sense? Did I fast forward we too found, much? We googled. We did enough internet research oh to find boy. out that your father is a sultan. Yeah, he's a sultan of a small village in Sumatra. What is a sultan? Great it's, question. Um, it is a exotic form of royalty okay. that I guess maybe you don't have in Michigan. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. I Minnesota. Mean, I, I'm sorry. Thing. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. I'm close. They, they have them there. They just don't hear about them. You don't hear about them so much. Mm-hmm. So um, much. They're around. Yeah, they're around. I mean, what what does it really mean? I mean, he's not like the Sultan of Brunei. You know what I mean? It's like in Indonesia, there's all this like third world royalty. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. kind of like all these like kings and princes and like sultans, whatever. Like, okay, I'll just give you an example. My dad was also... I think the sultan of like some small village in Java, but he felt like it's too much for me. You know, he's quite advanced in age also. So he just gave over his title to the gravedigger's son. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Java Megan. is near, <laughs> is in Indonesia. It's like, it's, it's like one of the main, it's where Jakarta is. Oh, okay. Got it. How does a sultan yes. in Indonesia yeah. Make money is that that you don't you don't, you don't. it's you just don't. a title it's literally just a title like his dad was a sultan his dad was like a policeman oh wow you know oh. you're so disappointed look at your face no I'm not yeah. it's fine I'm a princess you are, no not, not just like daddy's little princess Wait, like, are you I'm really are a princess yeah, I'm a real life princess oh but I'm not like Meghan Markle like, it makes so much no because you're a real princess. <laughs> You mean by birth, not by marriage? Okay, so uh, what is what are some of the roles that you have as being a princess? Oh, I mean, like what nothing. do you do? I mean, I don't know. I do people s- bow? <laughs> Did you bow when I came in? A no, little. I'm just kidding. You're not really a princess. No, I am really a princess, <gasps> but it's like there's not nobody does anything. I'll start but doing you have something. A driver. But everybody in Indonesia has driver. Well, not everybody. Really? I mean, a lot of people do. Yeah, though. like it's yeah. And, like it's, it's just, just it's totally it's to- yeah. yeah. And you don't, don't like a lot of families have. This is going to sound great. This is a crazy question. Mm. It might just be because of the people who I. But people have like security too. Yeah, and yeah. Staff. Some people. Yeah, everybody. Like everybody has a household staff. Yeah. Everybody, you know, a lot of people they have like security guards. Some people travel with like. You know, uh, what I mean, like so, what, what my eldest brother, like when he was first go- going through his first divorce, like he'd sometimes like you because you can like hire police officers. So he'd sometimes like I think he had like a police officer he hired to like go around with like my niece because, you know, cause it's like, a lot of times it's like if you, you get divorced, like sometimes a kid gets kidnapped by the other family, you know, just wow. Indonesian stuff. Yeah. Huh. Is it safe there? Sure. 
it was so it's so funny because you know it's like every like mall you go into every hotel every like apartment building whatever you go through like metal detector and they always like check your cars for bombs you know like but I'm like who, who did the training for this really I'm like do you <laughs> what are you looking for sir right. um and then my last relationship my my um my my boyfriend at the time came and like he'd never been to Indonesia before and um and so like whatever we're you know we're we're, he because he because I forgot oh that people aren't used to that to always have like the go through the bomb checks and all checks whatever and he was like uh and I was like I was like oh like every major hotel in Jakarta has been bombed and he was like what you know and he was like what about the hotel that we're staying and I was like oh no it hasn't been bombed yet it's new (laughs) (laughs) you're like great it's next on the list so funny why have they all been bombed like terrorist attacks Lots of terrorist attacks in Indonesia. Sure, when, yeah. In Indonesia. It was originally colonized by the Dutch. Yes. A long time ago. Colonial obviously. times. <laughs> Colonial times. Oh my God. If you have brought me here to get facts out of me. <laughs> I'm actually getting a, a credit for LACC. Oh by my being God. Are you? Here? Is this no. like, is this part of your internship? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, yeah. It's no longer part of Holland. Correct. It's an independent country. If you yes. ask me the date of Indonesian independence and I give you the wrong date and it's a public I won't ask you. podcast, it's on the as, internet. It's going to be shameful for me. No, And as a member of the royal family, I cannot. <laughs> My question for you is when you go back, yes. do people know who you are? No. 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 Like a person when, or if somebody was like, that's so-and-so, would they know who that was? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> is your dad familiar with your comedy and your set? And no, my dad's never seen me perform. Does he ever talk about wanting to? Um, no, he's he only like because I have gotten like some press and stuff in Indonesia. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like there have been like some stories on me, and I am like I don't know what the funniest Indonesians oh, in the world. We apparently. know, girl. Yeah. Um, so like we saw that Laugh Factory. <laughs> you represented Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, I did, and then and then also it's like last year I got named like one of the top ten like young, funny comedians of Indonesia, which I don't, it was like this group called Top 10 Asia. Like, I don't know what their credentials are. I'm sure they're very accredited. <laughs> um, but so there has been like a, some like news stuff on me. And so it's like, that's the only time like my dad has sort of taken interest in it. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, all right. You know, and he was like, he's like, you know why you're so good? He's like, you're so good because I'm so talented. You got it from me. <laughs> I, is that true? Dead serious. Dead serious. Is your dad funny? No. I mean, he's fine, like in a terrible, like in a cruel way, the way many monsters are. <laughs> you talk about not, about, about um, killing your father in your It's a in your joke. Show. Obviously, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. You have a, a, a positive relationship with your dad? Um, that would be a generous term. Cool. Yeah. Do you see him often? Uh, I don't see him often. I, I'm trying to see him more now because yeah. he's really old and he's sick. Right. Um, How is he doing, by the way? You know, my dad, uh, he came to L.A. to get treatment um, for lung cancer, and he has a variety of other diseases, we found out. Um, and he mm-hmm. kind of, like, basically, after he had his surgery, he was just really tired of, like, hospitals and doctors, and he was like, I, I just want to go home. I don't, I don't want to get any more treatment, and he hasn't received any treatment or gone to a doctor since wow. he left the U.S. last year. And so he's just staying alive out of sheer force of will. <laughs> and karaoke. And karaoke, yeah. And he, like, he, like, he, like, he always is, like, you know, he, tell, like, he tells me things. He's like, 
my, he'll be like, my, I, if I tell my, my brain gives me anything I want. If I tell my brain I don't have cancer, then I don't have cancer. Like he's like the original like manifester. Ooh, I know? was just I need thinking. Some training. Yeah, some he's like training. he sent me like some crazy video without any explanation the other day, and it was like how like Houdini's. Like, I don't even know. It's This is not relevant. Anyways, no, it, was, it is. No, it's interesting. It was basically how, like, he was, like, the power of your mind. Like, you can do anything, you know? So he was he was really ahead of the curve, you know, on the secret, wow. et cetera. And are, are your parents still, is your mom still around? Alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's okay. still alive. Is she in Oklahoma? No, she lives in Indonesia. Oh, she does. Okay. With my dad. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys are close? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're close to your dad because he's more in your comedy. You know, he... Well, he think he's a he he considers himself a very skilled singer, you know. So he thinks that perhaps I've I've inherited my comic abilities, sure, because he is a mastermind in all things, including music. And if he wanted to, I'm sure he could s- just crush it at comedy. Where when when you were growing up, were you like the funny one? Where where people were like, oh, you're funny, or like, did you know you were funny? Um, I think I didn't know I was funny until. I was older, hmm. like an adult, maybe. Okay. I was to like have that really, like understanding of yeah, it. Yeah, I was a really weird kid, like very strange. How? Why? Well, um, you got a little taste of my parents. Princess. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do that was so weird? Um, I mean, I was just like a really, really awkward kid, like super awkward, you know. And um, I, d- I didn't have any information available to me, um, and my parents weren't like. They didn't, they didn't ever tell me anything. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't... I mean, I got, like, an education at school, but I was just... It was just really clueless about mm-hmm. life, you know? Because you were, like, in a little bubble, in a princess bubble, or... You know, yeah, it, okay, so I was a fine. really awkward kid. And then the first experience I had, which I wouldn't say, oh, I knew I was funny, but I was, I was auditioning for this British pantomime of Cinderella, um, because it's, like, there was this British pantomime troupe in Jakarta, um, and I don't know what the audition was, and, like, all I remember is that I went to the American Club, and it was, like, they were auditioning the kids, right, and it was, I don't know what they, what they had told me to do, but I, I, all I knew was it was this huge room full of adults, and when it was my turn, like, I could just feel, like, every eye in the room like trained on me you know what I mean and I was like oh I was like I know I know how to capture the attention of a whole room you know what I mean and I was like and I didn't it wasn't even that I knew exactly like what I was doing all I knew is that I was like I have something you know and I was like I was like this is what it feels like to feel like compelling you know Hmm. and so it's like I think that I wouldn't say that was my first experience with comedy but I would say that that was my first experience of like knowing what it feels like to captivate an audience. And like, mm. you know, I think I, I'm sure like as an adult trying to come back to that feeling in some way. That's interesting. I've never heard anybody say that they like That's remember cool. the moment when they realized they could like captivate an audience. I still don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> still working on that. Uh, would take, I will take any notes. That's so, great. Did you go to... Um, so when you went to America for, did you go there for college or? I mean, not really. Oh. Kind of. 
Okay. You went yeah. to straight. You went to L.A. or New York? Well, no, neither. I was like, oh. I, I, I didn't really like go. I like kind of like I touched on college in the states, and then I moved to London. I went to university in London. Oh, um, okay. Then I moved to New York, and then moved to L.A. That's why you have so many friends from London, or I just assume. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I, I live there. I like got it. Where did you go there. to school in London? Oh, it's a it's a terrible place. It um it actually doesn't exist anymore. It's a candle shop now. Um. <laughs> It was called. Are the, you a candle maker? <laughs> is that what you're talking? Uh, my degree. I'm. An, I have an advanced degree in candle making. Um, wow. I actually. I'm. I'm going to show you how to make a candle right after this, Beth. Yes. Um, it's going to be the the party favorite for all the <laughs> bridesmaids at your bachelorette yeah, party. Perfect. Um, I love a candle. I love a good candle too. That's why I decided to study it um, in London, candle making. No, it was called the American Intercontinental University in London, and it was it, like I have I have I have two girlfriends now who I'm still really close to who live in LA now, and they studied abroad there. That's how we met, hmm. and then they went back to their real lives. And I just and they, like my one girlfriend always likes to say like, oh, you know, when you go to like a movie set and like it's not a real building. <laughs> It's like a fake building. She's like, that's what our school was like. It was a fake building. And she's like, but Melanie decided to go to get her degree from there. <laughs> that's um, funny. So that, uh, that's where I went. It literally, first it was, first when I was going there, they had campuses in London, Dubai, Cairo, LA, Atlanta, and Dunwoody, Georgia. Then it, You went to Trump University. I went to Trump <laughs> University. Then it only became an online university only, right? Wow. And now it doesn't exist at all. So, like, let's say, for instance, I wanted to go to grad school, right? They wouldn't believe you. I, wh- well, if they were like, let's get your transcripts, who do, who do I call? <laughs> do I call the candle you, stuff? You make it Shop? up. You yeah. just have I just make it on Photoshop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could say anything. I could yeah. be like, I was the... What is it? Valedictorian? Kuma, kuma, yeah, valedictorian. Uh, kuma, cum laude. Cum laude. Summa cum laude. Uh, summa cum yeah. laude. Right. I, of uh, Trump University. <laughs> I saw somebody's stand-up set recently. They were they were like, I went to school for graphic design. And then I learned how to make a diploma <gasps> and save myself thousands of dollars. Like, Wait, just that's like so smart. So smart. That's what I should have and done. Living a lie. Oh yeah. my God. Wait, do you think they could make you a yeah, diploma? I sure. actually don't have one. Yeah. My dad Trade is like never graduated. I'm like, from what my fucking candles? School? My mom went to Wisconsin. That's where she met my dad. She graduated, but she was like, how many of her credits shy of oh no, she didn't get her diploma because she had library fines. What? Yes. And so how many of her years later we got her diploma for her oh my a God. couple years ago and like had it framed and oh, she was so excited. She must have been so oh, Did yeah. you ever pay those library fees for her? I have no idea. Fuck the library. I didn't. That's what I always say. I Fuck know. your overdue library. I'll keep well, this book as long as I want. So after London, oh, yeah. New York you went to New York. <laughs> We've done our research on you. Yeah. I feel oh like God. we've stopped. Can I do a story? Can I do an Insta story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Please Let's get do. this thing going. Oh, my God. We're podcasting. Why is your Instagram yeah. Trouble Jones? You know, Trouble Jones was an alter ego uh, that I, 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 that, I mean, she is my alter ego. We all have our alter egos. Yeah. But I've, I've seen a bit of yours today. Um, <laughs> and Alex is waiting to come out. Um, just waiting to leap out of those leopard trousers. Um, Ooh, baby. But, you know, there was, like, a moment where I was, like, you know, blogging was, like, quite, you know. The thing. Well, it was sort of, like, coming up as, like, a thing to do. You know what I mean? And I was, like, I'm going to blog as an alter ego, you know? And I'm going to just, like, tell these salacious stories from my life online. And, of course, I did, like, two blog posts. And I was, like, 
I'm not famous. I was like, forget it. <laughs> you know, but then I really liked the name. So then I just kept the name and then I was like, oh, I guess I'll just stand on stage and just publicly tell these stories with my name and my own face um, yeah. instead of writing an anonymous blog, yeah. which I couldn't stick with past two because I was like, I don't have a book deal yet. What is the point of this? Goodbye. Right. right. Yeah. Goodbye. Remember Surrey's Burn book? Did you ever read that? What? Surrey yeah. Cruz? Yeah, it was uh, a writer who would just write posts from the perspective of Surrey Cruz, attached amazing. to photos, and she got this. I remember that was like the height of blogging. She got like a huge book deal. It's really, it was really. A lot funny. of bloggers got book deals. You know yeah. who didn't? Trouble Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, it's true. It's like, what about like you know that like out of work actress or whatever who held water bottles at the? She's suing Fiji right now because they're using her face. What? Yeah. Okay. Listen, she's getting her five minutes. Oh, my God. She's getting 10. Yeah. <laughs> she's getting 10 and a half if she's suing. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, who is that girl? That girl probably doesn't even book print work. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, exactly. She was just one tweet away I was there. from a lawsuit. I was there as the help, and I got no press. <laughs> Were you wearing a blue dress? No. That's why. That matched a plastic bottle. I looked like a lost boy. I was not expecting she to She definitely go. went in there uh, as a character with a very clear motivation. Okay. Right? She went... It was like every, uh, every opportunity... For her, she seized, and she was like, "I'm in this scene, you know." Like, you know what? She, and I respect yeah. her for it. She made it fun for herself. She made it fun for herself. You have one. She, if she, one cannot entertain oneself, what is the point of anything? Uh, New York, uh, yes, Alex. Uh, did you go? Because you have had have I don't know a theater company. You had a play produced or directed by um, Stephen Adler Gurgis. 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 <laughs> Your pronunciation Sorry. was Maris. so good on every. Like now, look who's lapping you now with Maris. the pronunciation. Beth Gergis? and Alex is out. Girgis. Girgis. Oh now you've gone too Gergis. far. Now you've gone too Even far. Even Italy Girgis, tell me about him. <laughs> Uh, he's incredible. And I know he and Philly, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman were really good friends. Yeah, they right? were best friends. Oh, they were best God. friends. Yeah. So I would love to sad. hear more about how um, you got into writing, playwriting, and all yeah, of that. Yeah, well, Stephen's my writing mentor. Um, so I, and I was really, that was the first thing I ever wrote was Kiss Me on the Mouth. So to have like the first thing I ever wrote be directed by Stephen and to, you know, be produced in New York, like, and have an amazing, not an amazing, Incredible. Like a, good, a good review in Variety. Like, I was just like, oh, I fucking got this. You yeah, know? right. It, it was kind of like, it was just, it, it gave me so much, like, confidence I didn't need to have. Because I was like, everything's going to be so easy for me from here on out. And then it's like, I've just spent every moment since then being humbled in ways I couldn't imagine how wrong my life would go. Yeah, you know? same. No, I, I, yeah. Oh, girl. I, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> we, can we can all, all relate. relate. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was, that was, that was amazing. That was really an amazing How time. did you meet Stephen? So I met Stephen, so um, I, when I went to New York, I went to drama school. Um, what drama school? I went to Maggie Flanagan. Oh, yeah, I remember. It a, it's a Meisner-based school. You know, it's like, your eyes are so blue. <laughs> You guys, she's hitting on Beth so much. It's making me uncomfortable. She's on top of the table. Honestly, a little envious <laughs> that there's not been one comment on my appearance. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Alex, like, looked down to check out her boobs, make sure they still look no, good. No, I was actually she, looking at the two stains on my white T-shirt. <laughs> no, Alex was, like, just put it on Alex lipstick. Alex actually, like, popping, like, propping her boobs up, like, with her arm. And then she's, like, looked down at them to be like, they look good, Dan. They fucking look good, you fucking bitch. Um... <laughs> 
So I went to drama school. It was Meisner. Um, oh, Meisner. So Maggie had worked with William Esper, who actually just passed away. Uh, that's not relevant to this podcast. And um, so, yeah, so I went to her drama school and Stephen had been a student of Maggie's. And so, like, you know, it was some So, like, you know, at the end of the two-year program, he did, like, a playwriting for a workshop, playwriting for actors workshop for us. And I didn't know I could write. I didn't think I could write. And then we did this workshop. And I don't know, it's like something kind of just, like, unlocked inside of me, you know? Cool. And then... A lot of people from Maggie Flanagan, we decided to like form a theater company, but it was like everybody was actors. Nobody knew how to do anything else. So then it was like mm-hmm. people started directing, people started writing, people had to like learn how to produce, you know? That's so awesome. And it was like, I very, very quickly was like, I'm not an actor. You know what I mean? Like I went to drama school and like right after I was like, this is not a life. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. So I was like, this is misery. And so like, I very quickly was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then I started to have this idea of like, I'm going to write a play. I'm going to have Stephen direct it. I'm going to get the company to produce it. And I was like, I don't know what steps come in between me and never having written anything except for like an essay in high school because, you know, I went to a candle shop for college. <laughs> I didn't write anything there <laughs> um, to like, I, I'm going to write a play. But I was like, I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to do it and make it happen. And then I did. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. And then it. what theater did it go up at? Again? Center Stage. Okay. Um, and, that, and Center Stage was where I think Stevens Theater Company Labyrinth, like they had ha- put up a number of their early plays there. Like I think. Got Jesus it. hopped the A train. Maybe first had gone up there, so there was a lot of history there um, for That's like New so York cool. theater. Is that it's on um, like is it on forties? No, it's in Chelsea. Oh, it is in Chelsea. I'm trying to. Think I think of it where closed it... down. I think it closed down. Okay. I feel like I've definitely seen a show there before. Yeah, for sure. Where um, and so after you did that play, mm-hmm. you moved out to L.A. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So shortly after that, yeah, you were just like, I'm done with New York. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was like a kind of like a few things happening. It was basically like, I got my play produced and then I kind of was just like, well, now what do I do? Like, how do I become a writer? And so then I was like, oh, I should apply to grad school. That's how you become a writer. And, and they I, were like, we don't, your college doesn't exist. We yeah. can't get. I, actually, my mm-hmm. transcripts were so horrific. Like I did get them. This was before it became, the, sh- the college became a candle shop. And it was like, there was classes. I had not only taken them multiple times and failed them multiple times. Like it was just, I was like, oh, this is your brain on drugs. I was just like on ecstasy the whole time and coke. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my God, you know, uh, this is horrible. And of course I was just like, I was like, I'm, uh, any, I was like, any graduate writing program would be lucky to have me. I'm like, this is going to be a breeze. So I only applied to Yale, oh Juilliard, and then as a safety school, I was like, Ugh, I'll just apply to NYU. For sh- that's just like a given. Obviously, they'll take me, you know. And then oh my, my first God. rejection letter was from NYU. I was like, oh, I think I'm not. I think I'm not going to grad school. Um, and uh, and then I kind of you were going to go to grad school for acting or writing for writing for writing for writing. For, uh, yeah. for playwriting or screenwriting um, or at play, uh, playwriting. Got I it. wasn't even thinking about screenwriting at that time. I didn't know wow. anything about screenwriting. I didn't know anything about LA. I didn't know anything about TV, like movies, nothing. Because um, I was really so entrenched in the theater world at that time. Yeah. Um, and so then. Had this, I was in this relationship that ended and I was so heartbroken and I didn't get into grad school <laughs> and I had left my job and like I couldn't get a new job because I kept telling people like, 
well, you know, like if I make it big in LA, like I'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> so like no one would hire me. <laughs> um, That's so, so then I ended up coming out to LA for two weeks and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to make happen here, but I was like, I'm going to just come for two weeks and I'm going to just see what happens. And it was basically like, I message any person who I knew who had ever even been to LA. I was like, does your brother's uncle's monkey work in the entertainment (laughs) industry? Like introduce me to them. And I just canvassed so hard for myself that I had set up these meetings in LA. And it was like, by the time I left, I had like, an agent. I had like lit managers. Like I had taken like a meeting at Fox. Like I was just like, Oh, I was like, okay, well again, I was like, this is going to be really easy for me. And then of (laughs) course my new reps were like, what are you doing in New York? Like writing theater, like for nothing. Like, don't you want to come to LA and write for TV and film? And, um, they, at the time they represented Diablo Cody and they were like, don't you want to be like, they were like, everyone was like, don't you want to be the next Diablo Cody? And I was like, yeah. I do. So then I just moved to LA like a complete idiot, (laughs) not knowing anything. And yeah, I mean, I've just, it's just been like failure after failure since the moment I stepped off the plane. (laughs) That's normal. It's kind of like, I mean, in my experience, um, it was like starting over for me out here in LA. I don't know if that was for you the same way. Like when I moved from New York, it was like, oh, well, shoot, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, and it was also... I think, I think I mean, you can't go back in time, right? But I do think that I moved here prematurely. I think I moved here prematurely in, like, my writing career, in, like, my emotional development as a human being. Like I, How long ago did you move here? Like, seven years. Okay. But I wish I had just stayed in New York and just kept writing plays. How long plays. were you in New York? I was in New York, like, eight years. Okay. Like, I wish I had just stayed there, writing plays, like, getting better at writing, getting better at, like, being an adult, getting better at, like, being a human being, you know? And um, just having a bit more life experience under my belt, mm, yeah. you know, before I came here, but oh well. Right. I mean, yeah. we all do that. Where it's yeah. like, oh, I wish I could have, I wish I could have. Yeah. Like, well, you what didn't. do I do with the present? What do I do with what I have now? Um, and you two met doing storytelling. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you get into storytelling? So right before I left New York, um, Kevin Allison, who started the Risk Podcast, like he started doing this storytelling class and he had only taught one class before me and David Crabb was in that class and then I was in the second class and I was just like in a really, this was like before I had decided to move to LA, I was just like in this relationship that was ending, I was like not gotten into grad school, couldn't get a job, I was like what am I doing with my life, you know, and then I took the storytelling class and I didn't even really fully understand what storytelling was because it wasn't that popular then and I took the class and it was just like, stepping off a curb you know what I mean I was just like oh this is I've been doing this my whole life like I was born to do this you know it just came so naturally to me and then Kevin was like oh we want to put this one story on the risk podcast and then at that time David had started working for him so then I went to go record a story with David and David coached me through recording the story because of course it's like I'd never hardly told a story I'd never recorded a story no idea what I was doing and then David and I became friends from there from that moment wow they um we were um alex and i were talking before you got here about how your stand-up is so um it like we know you you told a story but it felt also like stand-up and because you you do both so well you can kind of blend the two in a really fun way is what we Mm -hmm. in our professional opinions yes (laughs) 
As you know, Beth, your opinion means everything to me. Oh I just said God. that to upset Alex. I'm just going to crawl under the table now I and just... finish the bowl of cashews. Just kidding, Alex. And the Would box. you ever put up a play here? You know, I have... I, I, I had a moment. There was a play I, I wrote, and I was so in love with this play. And um, I ended up meeting this... I'm, I'm using quote marks, director here. And um, it was basically like he was like, he, 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 the LA theater scene is its own thing. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, not a part of that. But he was just like, let's, I'm going to direct you this play. Let's, um, we, you know, we'll produce like a run of it. And like, he had like all these really big ideas. He was so enthusiastic. He seemed to like love my writing so much. And, you know, we put together this reading. I had like super amazing, like professional actors. My girlfriend, who's a lead of Outlander, was in it. Like, it was a really good reading, really like high caliber acting, like everything. Everyone who came to the reading was just like, oh my God, this like this play is so great, whatever. And then yeah. af- after we did the play reading, the, di- the director like um, wanted to meet up with me and he was like, hey, uh, w- w- he was like, I just, I don't, he's like, he was basically like, I don't like the play. It's so dark, you know. Um, he's like, what does the title even mean? I'm like, you were waiting to this moment to to tell me you don't like the title. And I realized after we did the reading, I'm like, he had never read the play before the reading. What? That's why he didn't know what it was about. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's it, it's crazy how something like that can yeah. like still, even though you know they're in the wrong, can yeah. burst your Yeah, it just like poisoned the whole <sighs> the whole thing for me. Like, cause it's like we it was literally like we're like we're meeting, we're auditioning people, like we're talking about plans, we're talking about like what theater we're gonna put it in. We're looking at like a budget, you know. It was a, a plan that was going into effect, and then to have it be like, oh, you've never even read the play, like. But but those are the kind of lessons that you just have to learn so that you don't make them again. And totally, you don't, I was gonna. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't make them again when the stakes are higher, right? I'm not saying that I haven't. I have, but <laughs> we, but I mean that reminds me of, of the theme of what we've been talking about on this season is boundaries. And it's like, you know, I think that, um, how, right. Just to what you're saying is how do you know that you can't trust these people? It's like, you have to take, you have to take a chance. Yeah. How do you, do you feel like you've, you've experienced that shift as you've gotten older and more experienced in the industry of like how to take care of yourself while also. Yeah. And I think that I, I, I do hope that I'm a better judge of character now, but I also think that, I val I know what my value is now. Yeah. Like when I walk into a room, I know what my value is. And before so cool. I didn't, you know, and so I think I was more like anytime anybody showed any sort of interest in me or my work, I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you think I'm good? And Same. now I'm just like, oh no, like I know how good I am. Mm-hmm. What are you bringing to the table? Like, what are you offering me? Yeah. How, how do you, was there a moment when you recognize that shift or do you feel like it's something that's been shifting in you, you know, in incremental stages. It was, it was, it was a process and it really, like it was like, there was kind of like a series of events that happened and then it was like a pro. So it was basically, this is a little bit of a long story. Do you want me to tell you this? Yeah. Yeah. So my reps who I had come out here to work with them, the, like the relation, like it was just, it wasn't, I stayed with them for way too long. It wasn't a good fit. They weren't, they weren't working for me. And I had put up, I had written and put up a solo show you know, by myself. And, um, I want to hear all about that. <laughs> the, 
my like my more senior manager didn't even come to the show and then it was like the junior manager came like not even like in the third week or something you know what I mean I was like you guys should have been here on opening you know it's Mm -hmm. like where are the tv execs like where's the tv agents like what better showcase of my work is there than this and so I was still working with them and then I there was this girl who I was friends with who was a literary agent an agency I cannot name. And um, she was like, listen, she's like, I really want to work with you, right? She bring And she knew who my managers were because she shared clients with them. And so she brings me into the agency. I meet, the, I meet like a couple of other people on the team. She was like, listen, she was like, you are a visionary. You're going to be our ethnic Whitney Cummings. You're going to have multiple shows on the air at the same time. Like, you know, like you're a star, you know? And I you're was like, just yes, like, yes, please. Thank just, you. Nom, 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 nom. I'm just like, <laughs> eat it up, you know? And she was like, okay, great. Like, she's like, um, the first and then and she was just like we're gonna pitch a tv show this summer like you know i'm gonna get you new managers whatever but and i was like this plan sounds great like mm-hmm. i love it and then she was like okay she's like but i won't start working with you until you fire your managers you know and i was like um i don't like let's just like pause a beat on that and she was like no i can't work with you and she was like and you need to fire them and she's like in fact i'm gonna call them right now and fire them for you and i let her and then after she did that, she like started like, she basically like ghosted me. <laughs> and it's like she had just done it because it was advantageous to her because she had like, basically it's like she had other clients who had signed with her and then left them because she'd gotten them new managers. And, and there was like some project that there was like some shady shit about. And so like she was basically like oh i'm giving you this information right i'm going to let you know that like melanie wants to leave you so it's cuz like she was it was just she was just trying to better her own position with them and she actually was leaving the agency to become a to work like at a production company like she was leaving that's so it wasn't like, like she was so leaving shady. the agency to go be an agent somewhere else it was like and then it was just like she completely stopped like responding to my email she stopped responding like it, it, I mean well, before she stopped responding to my emails and my phone calls it was like first she'd been like oh we're just gonna like you're gonna be so busy and set all these manager meetings for you she didn't set any manager meetings for me and then she was like okay well first and she's like why well, not I told you we're gonna pitch a tv show but actually you need to write the pilot and so then I was kind of like okay well wh- here like so I, I sent this I put together this document I was like here's my ideas what do you think about these like let's talk about these she kept pushing the meeting, pushing the meeting, pushing the meeting. And then she like had her her assistant like stop responding to me. And then so finally I was like, I'm going out of town. You have to meet me before I go out of town. I'm driving to the agency and her assistant calls me and says, hey, she's really busy. Can we do a phone meeting instead of an in-person meeting? So I was like, okay, I guess I'll drive my car back around. I get home. I get on the phone with her. I can tell she's reading it while we're like on the phone. Like she hasn't read the document yet. And so then she was just like, okay, do write about this, you know, write this pilot. And so then I write the pilot and then it was like, I'm sending her the pilot. Then she completely goes to me. Then I find out that she's left the agency. Then it's like, she doesn't respond to my phone calls. She doesn't respond to my emails. She doesn't respond to my text messages. So she just completely fucked me. Right. And so then I was kind of like, I don't know that I want to live in LA anymore, you know? Um, and then I was just like, okay, I have to do something that I can control, you know? And so that's when I started to do stand up. How many years ago was this? This was like a little over three years ago. Wow. Um, You've only been doing stand up for three years. Like a little over three years. It's all funny. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, okay, 
I was like, I'm not going to worry about reps. I was like, I'm going to just put one foot in front of the other, you know? And I was like, the next time, next go around I do with this, I'm not going to go to anybody. They're going to come to me. And so I just like put my head down and I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know how to become a stand up. I don't know what you do. I don't know what steps you take. I was like, but I'm just going to figure it out. And I was like, I'm going to give one year of my life to this. And I'm just going to completely give it everything I can. And at the end of the year, if I don't want to do it, I'm not good at it. It doesn't work out, whatever. I'll know that I tried because I always wanted to try it. You know what I mean? But I was so scared. And so I was like, okay, I don't ever want to wake up one day and be like, well, what if I had, what if I had tried, you know? Mm -hmm. So then that was like at the beginning of a year. And at the end of the year, I was representing Indonesia and like the Laugh Factory is like, funniest person in the world semifinals in Finland so I was like okay I got this <laughs> that's so cool and so then I just wasn't I wasn't worried about yeah. my representation at that point because I was like look at everything I can do on my own mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna just keep going because everything you do you're gonna get it for yourself anyways right. yeah. nobody can like get it for you do you feel like all the things culminating to stand up is kind of how you've persisted in your career and how like stand-up is like I, like, like emblematic of that do you know what i mean these killer points Beth. I what know. can't you do oh my god <laughs> i'm out i'm out of here kids <laughs> you can finish the donuts without me <laughs> uh no it really it was it was like seeing the results of like my persistence in in stand-up w- w- has been the thing that has helped me realize my own sure. value and it, it's like you know putting my head down for like two years, working my ass off. And, you know, everything that's come from that is what gives me the confidence to walk into a room and know what I'm bringing into the room with me and to be less, like, because I think, you know, when I first moved here, I was just like, I was like, oh my God, like, oh, you want to work with me? You know what I mean? And I kind of thought like, oh, it was a bit of like a teacher-student situation. And now I know I'm like, I'm the talent. Yeah. You're pushing papers around and like making phone calls. If mm-hmm. you could do what I do, you would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like you just always need to remember you're you're the talent, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love you, Melanie Mendez. <laughs> That's Melanie so good. Mendes. Thank you so much for being on our show. So oh my god, persisters, you are wonderful. You're sexy, you're smart, you're wasps, and I'm very happy to be here. Are you on Raya? Yes. I knew it. That's it. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>